0: Welcome to the Unborn Movement by Words to Inspire. We invite you to be informed, to be involved, and to be in prayer. On these podcasts, you'll hear stories from women and men who tell of the damaging after effects of legal abortion, physical, emotional, and spiritual. Such a dark stain on our nations around the world. The ripple effect on moms, dads, grandparents, and siblings impacts not only this generation, but generations to come. We are committed to also telling you, through these dynamic stories, about the amazing grace of our Heavenly Father. He offers love, forgiveness, and restoration to all who call on Him. We pray that every podcast highlights God's healing grace. And now today's podcast.
1: Well, I am thrilled to be the interviewer tonight. I love that. Um, and I, the reason I am so excited about it is because Anita has become my friend. And Um, in many ways and I had the privilege of even having her in my home Anita is actually from uh, I say it wrong according to her but Lancaster Pennsylvania (laughs) and um, and she spent time in Minnesota but tonight or today you're in Utah and so just tell us Anita like for briefly tell us about your trip Well, my husband is soon turning 70 and we decided to
2: celebrate in a big way. So we are on his Harley Davidson trike. I call that the old man's bike. It has three wheels and we are traveling around out west. So we're in Idaho right now and we'll be heading to Montana, uh, Washington, all over the place. And we just feel thankful to enjoy the scenery of the west uh, here in the U.S.,
1: well, cool. And as, as, um, Ruth has already said, you know, thank you for just taking the time to, I know you got off your bike. I think you went 400 miles today uh, on that bike, right? Well, it was, it felt like 400 cause it was 98
2: <laughs> degrees. We'll put it that way. Okay. But it was 300. We went 300, 300. miles today. Oh,
1: really? Well, yeah. I don't know if that would be much of a difference, but good for you. <laughs> thank you so much. And you that's got. great. Um, I, I just wanted to uh, kind of give the, the people that are on tonight a kind of a background of how you and I had originally connected. And I had been praying and I asked my husband um, to be praying with me to find a book that would or a study or something that would help my, uh, the people that my audience, I was doing speaking and I was speaking to people who already had faith in Jesus Christ. Uh, but they were struggling in so many ways. They had, they had all these um, things in their life: financial problems, and wayward children, and, and illnesses, and, and so I realized that even though they claim to be Christians, they claim to know Jesus, they weren't in His Word and they weren't seeking Him. And I would say to them, "Do you do you know Him? And do you and are you seeking Him?" And they would say, "Well." Um, Yes, I made a decision for Jesus, but I don't have time. I don't have, I don't have a lot of time, you know, and then I, so I asked my husband, please pray with me that we would find the study and God answered our prayer. And I went on what's called right now media. And some of our audience would be very familiar with that. And I found a woman named Anita Keggy and, I immediately watched her videos and I, I was writing, you know, copious notes. I filled two notebooks and I thought, this is it. This is what I needed. And then I found out more about her. But anyway, the long story short is that um, we connected. I ordered her books and I have led her study in many places mm-hmm. all over and even on Zoom. And God Thank has... Her has used it, has used it. And then she wrote the book, The File. We're going to talk about that. So, but anyway, that's how I originally got to know Anita and to love her so much and to love her ministry and what she's doing. But it came out of brokenness, a lot of brokenness. Mm -hmm. And so that's what I'd like you to address tonight, Anita. You found yourself in that unplanned pregnancy. Give us a little bit about that. Well, I was 17, a pastor's daughter.
2: I had just graduated from high school. My family had moved from Tennessee to Pennsylvania for my dad to take on a new church as a pastor. And I was just a couple of weeks away from going to Messiah College. And I went to the doctor because I had been missing my period and I just couldn't imagine why. I thought maybe it was anxiety or whatever for going away to school. And uh, to my shock with my mother sitting beside me, my mother who never kissed my dad till the day she was married, uh, (laughs) I heard those devastating words from the doctor, young lady, you're pregnant. And it still makes me tear up today because it was such a,
1: a moment that I didn't think I would ever face. Mm-hmm. and um you t- you talk about in your story that I've heard and that i watched and that we you and I have shared together you talked about the options that you had to decide your mom and dad had, had were lovingly supportive and but they were saying this is up to you Anita you yeah. have got to make the decision what did you do
2: Well, first of all, I look back on that and realize my parents were very wise to leave the choice to me so that years later, I couldn't come back and blame them uh, for anything. Uh, This was a shock to my parents. Uh, They're very godly people. And uh, I just look back with gratitude that God gave me a loving uh, and forgiving uh, father and mother and so Mm -hmm. they told me I had a very difficult choice to make and I just remember at least for myself the first thing when I heard those words that I was pregnant the first thing that just overwhelmed me was fear Mm -hmm. and you know fear will cause us to do things we wouldn't ordinarily do And so even though abortion had just become legal in 74, and in my self-righteousness, I had written a paper on why it is wrong, (laughs) it's taking a life, now that I found myself with an unplanned pregnancy, that option was the first thing that popped into my mind because of fear. What will people say? What will, uh, will my dad lose his job? I'm not old enough to take care of a baby. I, I, it was just fear all uh, consuming. And so uh, in that moment of desperation, after my parents told me to make the decision, I'm sure they didn't think that I would come back to them and say, I thought that I should get an abortion, Uh, but I did. I went and I said, I think that's the best option to get us all out of this mess. And you know, that's the thing with an unplanned pregnancy. It doesn't only affect you, it affects other people. And so uh, thankfully I had a dad and mom that cared more about me than their reputation. And they told me that was not one of my options, because they knew how I would feel years later uh, because of my conscience and you know how I was raised and so uh, they told me I needed to go back and so I went to my closet and I prayed, and I asked God to give me direction. You know, I had three options left: it was either be a single mom marry the birth father, who was a lot younger than me, or place my child for adoption. And all I can tell you was in that desperate cry uh, to God for wisdom, uh, I just felt that he was saying for me in my situation, that the best plan for my baby would be to place my baby for adoption. And even though I didn't know what that would mean, I did not know what that would cost. There was this peace that just confirmed that that was the plan for my child. And I went out of that closet and I went to my mom and dad and I said, I felt that this would be the best plan uh, for my child and for our family. If I placed my child for adoption. And so that's was part one of how I reached that decision. Of course, there were many challenges uh, to that decision uh, later on, as the months went on, and I started feeling my baby kick and move. Uh, you know, my love for this child was growing, and the closer I got to the due date, the more I felt I couldn't go through with that decision. I wanted to keep my child, and one day I was driving, and I had the radio on, and. I heard this speaker talking and I don't know what he was talking about, but I just remembered one sentence. He said that I knew he said for me and it went something like this, never doubt in the dark, what God has told you in the light. And for me, I felt the Holy spirit was saying to me, Anita, when you were in the closet, crying and praying and asking me for the right plan for your child, you were in my light and I gave you the plan a plan of adoption, but now your emotions are going to take you into the dark and it's going to get darker. So hang on to uh, what you heard in the light. And all I can tell you was if it hadn't been for that statement, I don't know if I would have had the courage because it takes courage to place your own flesh and blood um, for adoption. But God gave me the courage, even though it was one of the most difficult things I ever did.
1: Mm-hmm. I think too when you and I've heard you say that before but I think that we realize that how God speaks to us and he mm-hmm. spoke to you and yeah. and you listened and you were obedient even though it was tough was mm-hmm. really tough tell us about the time tell you you say that yours was a closed adoption yes tell us tell us how you determined and what what happened there Well, this was back in the ancient days, 1975, (laughs) and all
2: adoptions were closed. There were no other options at that point. Uh, I couldn't pick a family out for my child. I could only pray and ask God to please place my child into a good, loving. I wanted my child in a Christian home because that was how I was raised. So there wasn't much else to do but just to, to sign papers and that was the end and when it's a closed adoption it's very hard to find closure because your child is just out there somewhere and you don't know anything i uh was only told three things uh after uh, i signed the final papers you know that my uh daughter was placed into a loving christian home and that um uh, that she would be well taken care of and honestly mm-hmm. that is all I knew for 21 right. years
1: well yes how did you deal with that tell them how you dealt with that as far as when you when you really started to grieve again you started a yeah. new family and have a wonderful yeah. husband and so on please tell us right yes you know
2: <laughs>
1: you know I had to choose to
2: just go on with my life you know I I I couldn't wallow in it and I certainly didn't expect other people to understand uh, what was going on. And so I basically owned my grief. I pretty much kept it inside except for the times that uh, were really hard and painful. I had good friends that I Mm -hmm. could call and talk to and I was always thankful to be open with my loss. I think that's very important to be open with the loss, and find those people that are willing to cry with you
0: when you're having
2: those bad days. For me, it was usually around her birthday. That was always the most challenging for me. Mm-hmm.
1: But what gave you the idea then that you started communi- trying to um, communicate with, with letters and pictures? And, and or Tell us about that. I, I said that wrong. Explain what you did. Well,
2: I, I had just decided as the years went on with it being a closed adoption that I wanted to make it easy for my daughter to find me if she desired it someday. And so when I called the adoption agency to update the records to give my married name my new address. contact information. That is when I was told I could start a file at the agency. They told me I could send letters. I could put pictures in this file and that it would stay closed unless she called and asked for information about her birth mom. And if she did call, they could give her this file. And let me tell Mm you, I was overcome with joy that I would have a way to tell my daughter how much I loved her. Mm -hmm. Because it being a closed adoption, I wanted her more than anything to know how much I loved her. That it was never about rejection. It was wanting the best plan for her life. And now I finally had a way uh, to communicate that love to her and let her know that I would be open to a relationship Mm -hmm. with her. Whenever she was ready. right. And so I began writing letters and putting them in, uh, sending them in and they put them in the fol- the folder. And I just started praying that someday she yeah. would seek me out.
1: But it wasn't that easy because no. it was a while. It was yeah. a while. Tell us about yeah. that. Yeah.
2: I, I knew at 18, she legally could have access to the file. And she, you know nothing happened at 18, 19, 20, 21, and finally when she turned 21, I really just couldn't stand the pain anymore of thinking, what if she's struggling with rejection and abandonment issues? And here are these letters in the file, yeah. you know, telling her how much she's loved and, and she doesn't know it. And yeah. so uh, after much prayer, after talking to my husband, uh, he gave me permission to call the agency, and all I did was call the agency. I said, "I don't even know if this is possible, but is there a way you can find my daughter and tell her about the file? I know legally I gave up all rights to be her mo- her mother, and I wasn't trying to replace her parents. I just wanted her to know about these letters yes. that were in the file." Yeah, yeah. And to my shock, within a week they found her. Uh, she got the the folder with all my letters and that began uh, a few months of us writing letters back and forth through the agency till we felt uh we were ready to meet which we finally did um a few months out and it was amazing an amazing gift
1: to meet my daughter um can you tell us what that was like I I know you went to a neighbor's house to first meet her right yes uh yeah here uh
2: unbelievably my neighbor who I bought eggs off of knew my daughter he did not know I was her birth mom and so uh, the day we met we met at uh, his house and I I only had to drive a mile down the road and have you ever had your foot shake so bad that you can't push the gas pedal I can't even Uh, imagine <laughs> I was very scared and I still will always remember walking into that house. I knew they were in a room behind a closed door and mm. I sorry, I'm going to cry. But just opening that door and seeing her face for the first time, you know, being able to actually hug her for the first time and tell her how much I loved her was a the most amazing gift. And not only was it her, she was married and I had my first granddaughter, (laughs) Emily, who was three months old. So I became a grandma uh, very quickly too. So it was an unbelievable experience that I share in my book, The File.
1: Um, Yeah. So hopefully you'll get that and you can hear the whole story. Yeah, we're going to tell the people how they're going to get that and how they can get that. But I I want to tell, what I love what you talk about uh, Anita is when you explain how God just kind of spoke to you after you had gotten you know reunited with her and there and there was love there and and mm-hmm. still is today you all share doesn't you? Mm-hmm. how many grandchildren do you have through through um uh, Twilight? Twyla. Uh, she has six children and I also now have two great grandsons through her wow. So wow it's amazing yeah yeah what God can do and what a because of your choice. That's just amazing to me. It is. It OK, is. <laughs> but um, but but then God spoke to you then in one day when you were having devotions and he talked to you about those letters Yes, and tell yes. us about that.
2: Well, I happened to be reading my Bible. I was in Acts chapter 17 and Paul is addressing the Athenians who are very religious people and he sees all these idols in this one town. And this one idol is marked unknown God. So mm-hmm. he calls the town people together and says, I'm going <laughs> to tell you who this unknown God is. And he went on to say, this is the God who created you to seek yeah. him, to reach out and find him. And he's not even that far away from you. Even as your own poets have said, we are his offspring. And all I can tell you, as I read those verses a download that's all I can say it was a download uh, coming over my heart and I felt God saying to me Anita you know how you wanted Twyla to seek you that is how I feel about all my children and you know how you started a file with letters because you wanted her to know how much you loved her and how you wanted to be in her life and be in a relationship with her yeah I have my own file right here. It's my word. And the same Mm -hmm. reason you put letters in her file, the same reason I put letters in my file, because I want my children to know how much I love them and how I want to be in their life. I want to be in a relationship. But like you, Mm -hmm. I can't make them open it. You see, I couldn't make Twyla Open the file and read my letters. She had to want to seek me, to find me. Yes,
1: yes.
2: And see, God is waiting. He broke my heart that day because I could just see how He's there. I mean, I only had this one daughter, He has millions and billions of children. And his heart of love is for each one of them. And he's clearly put it in here how much he loves us and how he wants to be in a relationship. And he tells us how to be in a relationship with him in his word. But see, he will never make us open it up. And truthfully, I open it up every day because it's one way I could show him that I love him. You know, when Twila was willing to open the folder and read my letters, that told me she wanted to know something about me. And that blessed me so much. And so when God just gave me that parallel, I just literally surrendered my story to him. And I just said, Lord, if you are real, and this is from you, open the door and I'll tell the story wherever you want and point everyone to your file to read your letters so that they can all know how much They're loved Mm -hmm. by you and how you want to be a part of their life. You want to guide them. You want to tell them how to have a good life. And so that's why I'm here today. Uh, Right. You know, I'm just an old lady, 64. (laughs) And uh, I shouldn't say that. Sorry. Um, (laughs) But uh, I just am telling my story because I know God's real.
1: And he wants us to open his file and read his letters and fall in love with him. Absolutely. So you did write a book, which you yeah. didn't think you could ever do, but you wrote right. a book. God wrote it. Mm-hmm. Yes. And it's mm-hmm. your story, the The file, a mother and child life-changing reunion. And so that is available on joy shop ministries. It's yeah. also on Amazon.
2: Uh, but just so everybody knows, I am about out of, out of books. That is that cover. We're printing new ones now. So if you see a different cover, uh, just know it's the same book, only the, the new one will have pictures in it.
1: This one, the original right. one does not. Okay, good, good. And on joyshop, uh, .org, so joyshop.org, though, mm-hmm. joyshop.org, both of those, we at this point, you can, but mm-hmm. uh, we can also order your uh, study. And then your videos are, you can order the DVD, but the videos are also on Right Now Media. That's how mm-hmm. I first connected with you mm-hmm. and got that, Seeking mm-hmm. God First. So, um, and then, uh, you know, I I think what w- has warmed my heart and touched my heart, and uh, I had, as Anita knows, the privilege of having Anita come to uh, Minnesota, and she did uh, three venues. Mm-hmm. There two, uh two churches and one at Rachel's Closet in a retail store that has a ministry. And uh, it was so powerful, but most of all, it's so wonderful to realize that you you your perspective is you chose not the abortion but rather mm-hmm. adoption and look mm-hmm. god honored mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. and you have all of these children and great or you know it grandchildren and now great grandchildren through mm-hmm. through t- Twila that you gave up. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so God is God, good. God is a good, God is a yes. good God. And, and now He's helping you spread that news to mm-hmm. others. Mm-hmm. I think you also wanted to share a scripture tonight that you that you had yes. kind of spoken or shared with.
2: Yes, uh, before I share this, I just want to tell you when I found out I was pregnant, one of the hardest things was to tell my siblings.
1: Yeah. Because
2: they looked up to me and I'll never forget I telling my little sister Lorreen, who was maybe 11 at the time. And when I told her, she just you know, pepped up and she said, "Anita, don't you worry about this. You know that all things work together for good to those who love the Lord. And you know what? When she said that, I honestly said into in my heart, yeah, right, it's not going to apply to this situation. How can God take something like this that I felt so ashamed about? How could he ever use it for good? But now here I am years later saying it is so true. And so I'm just going to read it out of the 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 new test Oh, the passion translation. Uh, so it's Romans eight chapter. I mean, Romans eight verse 28. Mm -hmm. So we are convinced that every detail of our lives is continually woven together to fit into God's perfect plan of bringing good into our lives. For we are his lovers who have been called to fulfill his designed purpose. That verse is as true as can
1: be. Amen. Thank you. Amen. Thank you for sharing. And thank you, Anita, for taking the time to share with us tonight. But I know that's your heart. And, <laughs> and God's going to bless you on this, the rest of your trip together be, uh, because of what you've done tonight. So we just, we thank you so much. We love you. And love you God's, too. God bless you. Thank you.
0: As we close off today, I invite you to be part of the Unborn Movement. There are several ways to be involved. Why not join the Unborn Movement Facebook page, get involved in a local pregnancy center, or start the conversation in your church, providing a safe place for stories to be told. For there is a lot of pain in the pews. Find out more about our ministry at wordstoinspire.ca or contact me, ruth at wordstoinspire.ca time, I'm Ruth Coghill for the Unborn Movement. Bye for now.